0: Hey you guys, welcome back to The Spill Podcast. I am your host, Vivian Rose. So, in this week's episode of the podcast, I had a guest on here. Her name is Sudi, and she is the sweetest woman ever. She shared her story on her health story and her mental health journey and how she recovered from trauma. And she is giving us multiple tips and just going through her whole journey and telling us how and teaching us about trauma, depression, all things mental health. So, if you want to learn about mental health things, and get a little bit more on her journey, then stick with the episode. I will not be doing my usual segments because I really want to get straight into the episode. It is absolutely incredible. You guys are absolutely going to love it so much. So let's get right into the episode. Hey, you guys. So I'm super excited to have this person on my podcast, she is absolutely incredible. She has been through literally so much and I'm just so honored to have her on my podcast. So you can go ahead and
1: introduce yourself. Hello everyone, my name is Judy. Nice to meet you all. Thank I you. Am... yeah, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm um, looking forward to chatting with you guys and giving you as much feedback about my background as well as uh, my journey.
0: Yes, we're so excited. So let's go ahead and get started. I know that you've been through a lot of health trauma and a lot of um, different trauma going on health-wise and in the hospital. How did you mentally continue through that? Like, can you give, can you give us your story and how you got through that time in your life?
1: Honestly, um, it was tough. It was not an easy journey because there was no infrastructure ready to, to, to be there for me, right? Because... Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times when you get, um, math medical conditions come uh, suddenly onto you where you're diagnosed with an illness that you pre- previously did not have, uh, such as there are illnesses where, uh, you're born with, uh, illnesses that gradually evolve, but then there are sudden illnesses like a heart attack, right? So these sudden illnesses, um, really shift your identity as well as your reality. And a lot of times the healthcare systems are not prepared for dealing with that emotional, psychological aspect of um, of the illness. So they're more about the physical. Let's treat the physical elements. Let's do surgery. Do um, you need to do cardio rehab? In, in my um, situation, that's what I needed to do two rounds, of uh, three rounds of cardio rehab. But the other aspects of my regaining my wellness that there was no infrastructure. So I sort of had to figure it out myself. And now that I've been uh, post-surgery, almost two and a half years, going on to three years, I can really look back and say, wow, this is all the stuff I wish I had that now I can help other people in that journey. So one of the things that uh, was lacking, uh, especially for me, I'm in Canada, is that in the Canadian healthcare system, although it is free, They don't really have a a mental health uh, component in dealing with it. Obviously, in the hospital, there's a a psychologist, psychiatrist come and help you digest your diagnosis. But beyond that, oftentimes when you do seek their assistance, they'll tell you, you know what, this is completely understandable. You've been through a lot considering the information you've you've received about your current health conditions. But time will pass and you will adjust to it that is not very comforting. Mm -mm. So that's where I was at and I had to navigate it myself. I had to advocate for myself and I had to really build my own roadmap back to recovery, uh, reconciling my identity previously as a healthy fit person that was very conscious about their wellness. And then a person that automatically, almost overnight was a patient uh, for life. I'm a heart failure patient now. I'm a stroke survivor now. Um, There's all these new identities that I have to reconcile with. And then uh, having no infrastructure of how to do that, um, I, I think that delayed my recovery. And I know that it delayed a lot of like other patients that I speak with in their recovery. So oftentimes when two things happen, one, the person cannot reconcile this big shift and they go into depression where they're just like, you know, what if this is the life that I have to live now? This is not the life I want because this is not who I am, right? So they 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 almost have um, imposter syndrome to their new reality, and and they kind of feel like they're in a twilight zone. They're like, this is not real. This is gonna pass, uh, or if this is the choices I have been left with, why me? Why did this happen to me, right? So they get trapped in that cycle of uh, constantly. Uh, uh rejecting their health circumstances and that's very harmful because that prevents you from healing yeah. uh, because healing cannot happen when you're in constant state of stress psychologically physically uh emotionally uh you're resisting something that you cannot deny right it's your for example somebody who had a leg amputated uh due to a, a, a medical condition but for example, diabetes, they'll often have um, a phantom limb syndrome where they'll try to walk and then it takes them a while, sometimes months, for them to be like, okay, I don't, I know, I know myself in my mind, I have a leg. But in reality, now I do not have a leg. So mm-hmm. I cannot pre- pretend to deny this new thing that I'm immobile. You know, mobility has been um, compromised permanently for life. So, yeah, so and I think a lot of veterans deal with this uh, issue, but that's really what I had to go through. And now that I've been able to do that uh, and a lot of the way I was able to do it, that, um, it was a lot of self-work, inner child work, compassion, gratitude of what I did have left. You know, I yes. was a new mother. I was still alive. Uh, there was still another day of healing ahead of me where imagine I just had passed away in the hospital. That Those those options would not have existed. My chapter and my story would have ended there. So focusing on the the brightness of the journey and the, the amazing doctors and nurses and caregivers that were there and the, the family and friends that were championing me to recover, that's really what got me through it all.
0: Yeah, that you have been through a lot. I just want to commend you to keep going and stuff. Like, that's just incredible. I I'm just so just in awe because that's just incredible how you changed your mindset and how other people they'll be like this is just how it's gonna have to be now but you completely shifted your mindset and you took it upon yourself to realize that I want to keep going on and you like you said you were a new mother and stuff that is just incredible that's incredible
1: oh thank you um and honestly when you're going through it it does not feel like incredible it feels painful you feel like you've let yourself down everything has let you down uh but so to really foster that um resilience and courage within yourself it it takes a lot of self-work and Mm um i really help people navigating that because if you don't okay put it put yourself in a uh, a predicament where everybody doesn't see what you're going through right you Mm -hmm. have an invisible condition uh, for example, it, uh, for me, I had a heart attack, right, and I had heart surgery, but after I got discharged to the world, I looked okay, like I'm still here, I'm still talking, uh, but it, these are invisible wounds, and oftentimes what limit us from prospering in our health journeys is the lack of acknowledgement that we ourselves have, as well as our family members have, because they have a certain expectation of... You were that sister, you were that friend, you were mm-hmm. that parent, you are that. So many roles that we play in life that somehow we're expected to still continue to play, but now we, we're not those people. Like, they, we have, uh, we've shifted. It's like, a, it's like a, imagine you're an actor, you've been given a role, but later on you come back to play the role, is expecting you to do your monologue, but imagine you don't speak the language anymore. And it was like, huh, this is, you're supposed to do this. This is what you've been put in this position to do, But mm-hmm. you're like, um, I have memory loss, you know, and that happened to me when I had my strokes. I just, my vision was compromised. I went blind temporarily and death temporarily. Um, and then the impact of the strokes. So it, it felt like that. Like I was an imposter to my own reality of the life that I had built up to live. And then now I couldn't because. I have all these other challenges that I now have to reconcile like I was saying
0: Mhm. that's that's really scary I'm I'm so glad you made it because y- then you wouldn't be able to live the life that you wanted to I'm just so happy that you made it because that sounds like a lot to go through not just physically but mentally I know it creates a lot of trauma inside of you and that actually leads into the next question how would you describe trauma and what it does to us
1: oh wow uh, trauma robs of robs the individual of joy mm-hmm. that's really in essence would regardless of what form of trauma an individual goes through in essence what that person has been robbed of a peace of mind mm-hmm. so that for me that's if I could capture it in just a, such small sentences that would that's what I would say. and when you talk to people that have so many different kinds of traumas so um it's not something that is generically uh generic label that everybody could use because it is so individual the way two people could be in the same car and get into an accident but the way they're affected physically psychologically emotionally uh is permanently it's like permanently lasting difference because even your recollection of the reality of that you went through this event is different will pass will change in time sometimes you'll you'll have flashbacks, you're like, what? Like you, you have new um, synapses in your brain. Uh, you'll have stress, um, muscle cramps. You, there's so many ways that the person uh, stores trauma uh, in the body and in the mind that you can't, there's no way that uh, you could just uh, generalize trauma as a, uh, an umbrella that covers everybody's experiences. And I think that's why trauma work is so hard and, and it's, it's so difficult to navigate because even if the experts, the psychologists and the psychiatrists, people that have gone to get credentials in supporting individuals in, this, in these journeys cannot effectively do it without acknowledging that I cannot walk your shoes. I cannot uh, help you address emotional things that are so minute and so personal and have a historical context because everything is within context and when you try to remove things out of context and you just say oh talk about it write about it and um, visualize it that is very difficult to do because it doesn't acknowledge the subconscious capacity of your mind to store all these things right mm-hmm.
0: yeah I completely understand that like they can try to help you as much as they possibly can but at the end of the day they didn't go through what you went through and that makes a whole lot of sense because they do go to college and stuff for that but they can't walk your shoes like you were saying on what you've been through well can you explain no. to can, can you explain to us like how would you recover and try to heal from trauma um oh my goodness
1: i have a whole course in this it's very difficult And the reason it's so difficult is because, first, we have to go outside and have, like, a third perspective on the context that it happened in, right? Mm -hmm. Once you have context of how it all happened, then you have to put yourself in a way that you're not emotionally triggered to process it. Um, And there's a way to do this. And, And that's how I was able to do it for myself. And I helped other people do it. Uh, once you do that, then you have to chip away uh, like you would um, train a muscle to say, Today I will only accept this level of discomfort, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you say, I'm going to take everything on, I'm just going to um, stew in the feelings and the emotions and the events that happened, you'll go into shock. Your body will literally go into shock. And sometimes the shock that it goes into is not. Uh, um, visible to the person who's going through it uh this could this could like present itself in insomnia uh body tension and body pains uh other illnesses like you will know, exacerbate to another illness then you're dealing with that illness and you're dealing with like oh why do i have now an autoimmune disease or oh, now why do i have joint pains and but underlying all of that is a trauma that's still locked in the body right mm-hmm. so once you do that and then you have to look at the people and the context that this all happened in and you have to pick out supporters in that journey and then that is it is quite a process uh, i don't think it's something we could encompass in this conversation but i i would say is it, it takes time but the time is not encapsulated in like days or months or something It's sort of like a uh, a mind thing where you're you get to a point where your mind sh- you ever realize that it changed? Like things that triggered you don't no longer trigger you because you're able to do the emotional work on it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you were when you went to like your um, doctors and hospitals, did you have to go to multiple different doctors to get help?
1: Oh yeah, because um, one I had to go see a, a neurologist for the strokes and the events of that. Then I had to sort of go see. Um, a cardiologist for for the heart and the heart attack, mm-hmm. and then I had to go see other doctors because of the the, the inane cardiology. There's different layers of special specialization, right? Mm-hmm. So initially, I was seeing an intensive uh, cardiologist that only specialized in LVADs, which is a left ventricular assist device. Mm-hmm. It's a device that is basically uh, artificial heartiness. It takes over the pump of your heart. Um, it doesn't, um, you don't have a pulse. You don't have a heart rate, like a like your heart doesn't palpitate. it just frozen in there in your body. So then I was under their care for a while. Then I saw, um, now I'm seeing a heart failure cardiologist. It's a different specialty in the cardiology journey. So it slowly evolves like the physicians you're, you're, you're interacting with in any, health circumstance right Mm -hmm. but what really is difficult is that all of these doctors are all in their own silos they all have their own specialization and they don't directly communicate with each other so oftentimes you have to go from one doctor go to another doctor and explain what your communication was with the previous physician or specialized specialist and that is also traumatizing too because you just have to explain I'm sorry I know you're telling me to get on these medications, but these medications or these things will counteract everything else I'm doing, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and then what, they, what they'll they do is they'll do like internal referrals, but those referrals take months to, to really work through them. And you're constantly advocating for yourself, like, no, this is what I need. This is what, I, this is what my body needs this is how I need to heal. Um, and so if you're not advocating yourself, what often happens you get trapped in this, going from one doctor to another doctor, and you spend years in that cycle,
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense because my mom um she actually has celiac and they didn't know what it was at first they sent her to neurology they sent her to like multiple different hospitals doctors all around our state and they still couldn't find anything and the one who actually found out what was wrong with her was just her normal doctor she goes to see every year and none of the specialists could help her so i completely understand because i was right there with my mom and I really get
1: uh, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yes, and, and I, I think that's it's, a lot of times you just sort of think the healthcare system is all in, intergrained, but it's just many parallels more, more, more working in the same journey. So each one is sort of has blinded to what uh, another discipline's work is. And oftentimes that's where the family doctor comes in to uh, make the connections and, and communicate in between uh, and also propel your ad- self-advocacy work, like why are you getting this diagnosis, or why are you trying to heal from the il- uh, element?
0: Yeah, because that one doctor, it, it, that's not even his his specialty. He's just there to do the basics, and the issue that she had, that was a specialist job, but they couldn't even do that, and that one doctor who helped her He went out of his box and helped her, and I just feel like it's so good to find a doctor that will actually go out of what they specialize in to help you and I completely understand. It's very hard to find doctors who know what you're going through. Yeah Yeah, yes,
1: that's so
0: true Okay, let's get into depression So can you explain to us what is depression and how it affects our brains?
1: Oh wow, that is such a big big question. Um You don't have to go too deep and, into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it is just it's just the, your your mind is very powerful, right? So when the mind is if we go from the position of the mind very powerful, the mind perception of reality is um fluid. So oftentimes it could be uh, physical, emotional, psychological elements that will see the mind into thinking there is nothing left for you like there's no hope and can you imagine waking up and being told uh in a hypothetical like metaphorical sense that you're you're in a you're in a room there's nothing in that room and somebody comes in and tells you you'll never leave this room you know that shock like that shock of like what what yeah. do you mean that's scary. You a full life, yeah. So the, the mind does that to you when in depression. So it takes away all your hope, aspirations, um, and oftentimes because your sense of reality is compromised, um, it is very hard to work out of. And a lot of times, the, the the specialists that are supposed to be there to help you go through it or support you support you through that journey, they themselves have never gone through it. Mm -hmm. So they're giving you information and anecdotal research data of how to get through depression. Um, But for the person that's in it and that's living it, it doesn't make sense. Like that is, is ineffective to say the least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get that because I went through a depressed period and it really is scary and it feels like no one can help you because you're, you feel so far in and I completely get that. Yeah can you
1: yeah yeah can you can go ahead no no I was gonna I was waiting for you okay um, just acknowledging your statement so true
0: yeah how does isolation make depression worse to you
1: hmm. well you know it depends on the person right so mm-hmm. some people they're introverts and some people are extroverts right and some and, and a, group, a huge group of people are both so when you're uh, in that isolation what happens is that there is no break. You, the, yourself, your negative self-talk that's keeping you uh, in a depressed state perpetuates and there's no break from it because you are alone with it all day, right? But mm-hmm. when you are in, not in isolation, you're interacting with other people, even when it's like temporary. Like, I know it's temporary, but you get uh, ideas and, and communication with an outsider, like an outside human being or an outside body. And that, those brief moments where you have a break, it allows your mind to rest and think of, uh, oh, actually, I have hobbies. I actually have things that I enjoy. Um, not everything is bad, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then those brief moments of that thinking uh, ignite the um, the motivation and the, relax your muscles and your mind, like your, your brain as well. Uh, to 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 make new synapses like new healthy connections within itself to get you out of the depression Mm -hmm.
0: yeah how would you go about um trying to get on the road to recovery
1: from depression it is very difficult um it is very difficult because it is so person-specific it's not something that i could say for do a b c d and you'll be out of it because the context of why it initially happened and the suppressed emotions that initially caused it to happen needs to be first addressed.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I,
0: I get that. Yeah. Because what you just said is what a lot of people learn in therapy, how a lot of people are different and it really depends on how you got into it in order to know how to get out of it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Can you um, explain to us, the courses that are available on your website about building courage and stuff?
1: Hello? Yes, I can hear you now. Oh, perfect, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, so what I, what I created is, uh, and I think I have to put it in context uh, why I was able to do this, is because previously, prior to all of my health events, I was um, a social worker mm-hmm. for a, a decade. I ran a nonprofit organization. And in that, I helped people navigate from serious traumatic events. And I'm talking about newcomers, refugee populations that were in, in war zones that came back. And, and came to Canada where I'm at and they had to now reconcile all the things that they've just uh suppressed because they were in a state of war right mm-hmm. and then when they come here they have to go to the doctor normal life like daily routine things would happen and then they're they would uh be triggered and they wouldn't know how to emotionally deal with those events and they wouldn't know how to advocate for themselves uh like i had one one uh, patient a client of mine where she late when she came to canada she learned that she had um gun uh, fragments in her body and in her her Mm brain and then there there was not was not operable because the way how it was situated so and now she was disabled but she's like when i came to canada i wanted a new life i wanted to just leave that life behind of the events and the the painful journeys that i've gone through but here she was now with physical disabilities from the, um, the, the, the poisoning or the poison uh, coming from the fragments. Mm-hmm. And I had to w- help her navigate that. Like what does what wellness mean to you? How do we deal with it? And then I had to do it for myself when I found out that like the healthcare system was not going to really address these issues. And the way I worked through it, the system that I used and I helped those individuals is how, um, so basically I, create, I created a course that is, um, guided path to helping the individual create their own recovery map like i'm not going to tell you do this and you're going to get fixed i'm going to actually walk you through the whole process and then we're going to test the different things that we could do we have available to us in terms of support system resources and from that we create a roadmap back to recovery it takes time but it is achievable and i think a lot of times people lose hope because they're like one for socioeconomic reasons, I cannot afford a therapist. My therapist is not affected because I've been, or for those that could afford it, they've been going for years and they haven't found a solution mm-hmm. because they're, they're, there's an alignment between the therapist's uh, ideology and the person, the patient's uh, or the client's ideology. So once you reconcile those things and everybody, the person knows their moral compass, their, uh, their framework, their historical context, where they came from, how things happen, you, you could then see the solution it's like think of trauma as seeing snippets of a movie and then being told now make up a story you can't really do that you mm-hmm. have to know this whole story of the movie then say oh now i know how that movie ended right yeah you can't make a conclusion of the ending of the movie when you just saw a two second uh trailer that only gave you one event in the movie you know mm-hmm. and the mind encapsulates that that event into trauma in the mind it traps it and that that that's a little snippet, like that, that two second or two minute a narrative keeps replaying in the mind, and 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 imprisons the mind.
0: Yeah, that and you teach all of this in your course. Yes. Wow, that that is well worth the money. You it seems like you teach a lot of stuff, and it's cool to have somebody who teaches you that has been through a lot too, so they can kind
1: of be in your shoes. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm, I am not—I don't have the burden of trying to be an expert, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, all I'm here to offer is that I've lived through it. I've, I know many, many, many people that have lived through, through trauma and serious medical events who have been given very poor uh, prognosis and recovery. But guess what? They're all here and they're all thriving. Mm-hmm. What, what is getting them there, you know? And how could we use that to create one for ourselves? Yeah. So I'm more about the uh, empowerment, encouragement, and of self. Uh, the 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 belief that you are capable of transforming your reality. And a lot of times, like even for myself, like when I, you, a lot of people won't believe it, but when I had my heart attack and I went into heart failure, I was given three percent survival because my heart function was at three percent. Wow. So scientifically. Um, there is nothing to explain why am I here? Why am I still alive? i don 't know you know mm-hmm. so I, I, that's really keeps me that's the purpose that I, I feel like this is my purpose to share because i medically i shouldn't be here mm-hmm. yeah that that's crazy. The, you had three percent wow three percent Yeah, wow, and I have this dance and everything like you'd only see one little piece of my heart function and all the, the rest everything else has shut down
0: wow that's crazy and if you guys want to purchase her course and to check it out it'll be in the show notes down below so just click the link in the show notes and you'll go to her website you'll find all her blog posts she has lots of cool things so go check that out so next is what are your favorite ways to practice self-love or self-care um self-care
1: oh honestly everybody's different but for me Mm -hmm. what i really love is travel i love to travel so even in the in the pandemic when i couldn't travel i was doing like local um within my which would be like for you a state within your state Mm -hmm. and uh, also a lot of um spa days at home uh, reading i picked up painting (laughs) like all these (laughs) little things that just sort of um gave me little joys right and mm-hmm. then i went really into um uh, skin care i'm very passionate about skincare, so i did a lot of that healthy eating and spending time with my family so we couldn't do anything in the pandemic right so you a lot of us had to come up with new new ways to fulfill our needs for adventure
0: yeah and i think
1: adventure really uh fulfills me and the the sense of Planning any uh, getaway or things like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, I love to travel. It's so fun to see a different
1: environment than what you see every day. Yeah. Yeah, and also planning it is also fun, because you it's like I don't know, it's sort of, it's like reliving it twice. Because first you plan it, and you know you're gonna really enjoy it. Then you go, and you enjoy it. Then you come back, you have all your pictures and memories, and then it's, it's sort of I don't know, it's just it's so it's constantly. Uh, rewarding itself is a, it's a cycle of reward. Yeah, planning it is just the... as fun as going. Yeah, and honestly, this could be the same for a lot of activities. Like it, some people don't enjoy traveling because they have uh, fear of heights or just the, uh, you know, just it's not their thing. But it could be knitting or or it could be cooking and finding that recipe, cooking it, joining it with your family, and having feedback from the family members or your loved ones how much they enjoyed the recipe and like I think creative processes in essence mm-hmm. are very healing and that's one of the things that I uh, I really uh, often uh, take part in whenever I feel like mm, I'm not feeling my best
0: yeah do you have any I heard you said reading do you have any book recommendations
1: oh yes I do actually thanks that yeah so my favorite book that I find especially when it comes to my like, charm and stuff is uh, dr. Cabo Marte uh he's a canadian physician and has a lot of a lot of training and experience in trauma has gone through his own trauma so one of the books that he has is when the body says no so oftentimes especially as uh women and men as well but uh, predominantly for more for women i think because we're much more (laughs) inflicted with this challenge where Mm -hmm. we feel something's happening in our bodies and we just kind to of ignore it we just think it's going to pass or we have an ache and we sort of say oh we're too busy to go make a doctor's visit or investigate this a little bit more uh, so he really talks about how you first listen to your body and your body is your first um, warning signal that you should be taking care of yourself a little bit more mm-hmm. so that, that book uh, When the Body Says No is really one of my favorite books
0: it sounds like a great book I'm going to have to read that
1: <laughs> yeah, you, it's an enjoyable read too. It's, it's not a very dry scientific book, uh, so I think you would enjoy it.
0: Okay. Now, is there anything else that you wanted to
1: add about mental health or your story or anything? Uh, no. I would like to hear about you a little bit. Like I, I know that I, the community knows you so well. You, you know, you, you're a you're good person. But I, you and I, we, we're just connecting today, and I would like to. You uh, get to know you know, uh, about your story and how you got to the um, starting the podcast and um, what is your how's that journey has been? Well, th- thank you for asking. Um,
0: so a lot has happened in the past few years, especially during the pandemic. when we were kind of like alone a lot. That's when my depression had like a lot of its peak and it was hard for me to really talk to other people because of course you're at home all day every day so all the people like my friends and stuff I couldn't go talk to them I had to talk to them over the phone and it's just not the same as talking to them in person and um, when I finally started like my YouTube channel and I started my podcast recently it was such a nice way for me to be able to talk and not always have to have a person there like I'm able to give my advice and my viewpoints on different things because I've been through depression and I've been through like really bad anxiety and I I'm so glad but I don't have celiac I just have like a really bad gluten intolerance and a lot of people go through that as well so I'm able to share my story about that and how like it it's really it's it really causes it makes a toll on your digestive system and it's really hard for you to choose different foods and stuff and so I'm just so glad that I able I'm able to share different things like that and through my podcast and just help as many teens young adults women as I possibly can so yeah I really do I really am glad that I get to do this
1: yeah and you know what I like about that is it's an outlet and I think that's also why I created um and I'm I, I, I requested to, you know, send a to be interviewed at your podcast because a lot of times just sharing the journey is therapeutic, mm-hmm. and knowing that there's millions and millions of uh, people in the world, and and your wisdom and your perspective is valued, and oftentimes when we just uh, um, we don't we don't share like off for like platforms like YouTube and the podcast that allow us to share because then we can make connections with like-minded individuals, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and that's incredible, like I love how I love different businesses and different shows and podcasts when people actually have a story to tell and they actually can give their wise words and advice for it, like how you do that with your blog and stuff, I just love that I read like, I want to say maybe five of them and they're just incredible
1: I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I means, love you know, it. I'm, I I just I just feel like I'm just this one little person on the internet. Nobody was checking for me, so <laughs> I appreciate when somebody says that. Thank you.
0: Of course, it's incredible. Like I, I'm super into psychology. That's what I'm um, studying, like in college and stuff. And so oh, no. I'm just like it just really like broadens what I learn in psychology. It is, it's really good to see it from somebody else's point of view than just school. So I just loved it.
1: Oh, thank you. I, I would definitely would love to come back on your podcast because I just feel like we're, we're, we're both all about sharing the journey. And I, I feel like, you know, there's no, sometimes just getting feedback that somebody else has gone through that. Cause I have gone through depression, you know, I've gone through uh, anxiety after all of, all of my health events mm-hmm. and I love hearing about other people's journey of how they heal because I'm not here to uh claim any kind of like expertise like I don't want to be an expert in a particular arena mm-hmm. because once you do that when you say that I'm an expert, you kind of dismiss the opportunity to grow and learn from other people's wisdoms right mm-hmm. yeah mm. yeah
0: th- so this asana, was. Oh, yeah, this was so fun. Thank you so much for coming yeah. onto the podcast. We definitely got to do this again. Definitely. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Thanks, Bye, YouTube. community. Bye. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode you can find all things Sudi in the show notes down below to find all of her links to her blog her social media accounts everything in the show notes just go check and click it and follow her on all of her social medias and thank you again so much for being on here I had so much fun and please feel free to leave a review and rating over Spotify and Apple podcasts it really helps the podcast to be shown to more people and help more and more people around the world and I appreciate you so much for